Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCruxy, and debuting on the show, I've got actor and director Brandon Lee Ward. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, doing terrific. How well, you doing? I couldn't do those horns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So did you just want to throw out your name again to the listeners in case they miss my pronunciation? Oh, no, you pronounced it correctly. Brandon Lee Ward. Uh, what's crazy is I like when I'm on a phone call and I always say like Brandon or even when I'm at the club or out, I'd be like Brandon. They'd be like, Brian, Benjamin, <laughs> Bartholomew, like it's Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> So sometimes I sound kind of slow trying to pronounce my name myself. Like it's Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N. But you could pass for a Brian, though. Do people tell you that? Yeah. Uh, Brian. Yeah, Brian is what I get a lot. And sometimes I just go with it because I don't even want to correct them. They be like, hey, Brian. Be like, hey. But our Canadian listeners, again, Matt Radio, it's Brandon. So let's hear, how did you get into the entertainment industry where you decided, I want to be an actor? Because the actor is meeting up with the producing. So how did that correlate to now? Yes. So when I was in the seventh grade, middle school, I remember career day and they had a few people come and really you know, sat down with us and asked, you know, what do you want to be when you get older? And that's when it really hit me. Like, what do I want to be? And I knew I wanted to do something in entertainment and entertainment because I was very always entertaining people. But I had a heart to heart with myself. I said, OK, I'm funny, but I don't want to be a comedian. I can play basketball, but I'm no Michael Jordan. I'm not that good. Uh, I can sing as well, but I'm no Whitney Houston. So I said, well, what is it that I want to do? And I said, I just cannot do a nine to five every day. That seemed just so mundane to me. So I looked to my left. And on TV was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith. So I said, that's what I want to do right there. I want to be like Will Smith. So ever since the seventh grade, I was doing, you know, a little theater here and there. Uh, high school, I did theater. College, I did theater. But it wasn't until I think in high school when I finally got behind the camera, like a little camcorder, and I just fell into the love of everything that goes on behind the camera, all the production. And then once I put my theater background in front of the camera, I said, OK, I love it. So I just love acting in front of the camera, but also having creative control of the acting and bringing all the pieces together of producing the actual entertainment as well. So that's how I became an actor, producer, director, everything film. Okay. And listeners, just to set the record straight, no, he does not want to be Will Smith today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just man, to man, set man, that man. record straight. Okay. Maybe, maybe, I should, maybe I should change the story to somebody who's a little more politically uh, correct today. Uh, I wanted to be Will Smith during that time of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That uh, time we had to set the record straight, Brandon, because like, you know oh, there's man. a side eyes already saying, "Are you already. seeing what's going on?" <laughs> already, man. Yeah. So, so I, I'm gonna say Jamie Foxx. How about that, Jamie oh, Foxx? All right. More like Jamie Foxx. All right. So, uh, but you can talk about more of the inspiration. So you did say Will Smith back then, Jamie Foxx. Any other actors and actresses you were inspired by? Uh, crazy Emma Stone. Emma Stone, I, one of my favorite movies is Easy A. Mm -hmm. And every time I watch Easy A, I just get, I don't know, a warm, fuzzy feeling. So Emma Stone, I just love her, her sense of humor. So Emma Stone, Jamie Foxx, of course, Denzel Washington, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Angela Bassett. 
that was one of my my grandmother's favorite movies was What's Love Got to Do with It, and that was a movie that was on repeat. Like my grandma, she watched movies over and over to the fact to the point that her TV went out two TVs because she never cut her TV off. So just imagine being in a house where the TV never get cuts off, and all in the background is just Temptations or What's Love Got to Do with It or the Five Heartbeats over and over. That her TV bulb actually just went out. The TV broke. She went through two TVs. The wow. TV never went. Out. So yeah, so those are my inspirations. So honestly, now that I think about it, I, I want to give a shout out to my grandmother. Maybe she inspired me not even knowing uh, being in the acting world because her TV always had movies on 24 mm seven. -hmm. Now, how does your family feel about you being in the arts now? Oh, they, they, they love it. They support it. My family, cause, cause my family is very, all of us are, you know, entertainers. Like we all can sing. We're all funny. People love us. We are always the center of attention. So once I actually took that leap of faith and said, I'm going to actually move out to California and try to actually do something with this talent that we actually have. So they, at first they was just like, okay, well, you know, keep doing your thing. And then once they start actually seeing that, okay, well, he actually got a movie with Vivica Fox. So he actually on TV with Craig Robinson. Oh, he on commercial. I've seen them. Then they started like, okay, man, you really, you really got it. You really did it. You really doing it. So, but always had, you know, uh, love and support. But once they actually like seeing is believing, but once they actually start seeing me, that's when they were like, oh, oh, snaps. He's really actually, they're doing it. So uh, yeah, I appreciate my family for all the support they always giving me. All right. So talk about that movie with Vivica A. Fox. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Miss Vivica A. Fox. Yes, Miss Vivica A. Fox. So uh, my first movie was actually, it was at the top of the pandemic with Vivica. It was called Aquarium of the Dead. So I really didn't get to meet her like that because, you know, everybody had on masks and everybody had to be six feet apart. But that movie is called Aquarium of the Dead. It's basically like zombie sea creatures. Basically, yeah, we're trying to survive an aquarium that uh, we visited and I don't survive. I get ate by a walrus. So, yeah, that happens. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Why did the brothers walrus. always die? Why? I don't know. I guess I guess we die good. I guess we die good. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, the second movie that I actually just wrapped with Vivica probably a couple months ago is called uh, Here Comes the Sun. And this one, I actually uh, didn't have time to actually spend time and talk with Vivica. She's very cool, very, very, very gentle, very kind. And this, this one, I played her brother. And I actually die in this one, too, because zombies are trying to get her. And I basically, like, save her and be like, no, run, go. And, they, and then I become a zombie and I try to get her. So All right, that so Vivica weird. doesn't like you, then. In other words, you keep getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Vivica curse. Yeah, yeah, Vivica, please cast me for something that's on dying it. But, uh but yeah, that was the movie with Vivica, the two movies that I did with Vivica A. Fox. Okay, and the second one again, just throw that name out there again in case listeners, I know you said it, but throw that name out there again. It's, it's called Here Comes the Sun. Uh, actually, uh, you know, since we just wrapped, you know, you never know, it might, the title might be different, but it's called Here Comes the Sun. We just wrapped it like a couple months ago. So I don't know if they change it. It's up to the producers, but if they change the name, but just be on the lookout for another zombie movie with me and Vivica, Vivica mm -hmm. A. Fox. But it's called, Right now, it's called Here Comes the Sun. All right. Now, tell our listeners, you do like a little bit of dark, but not too dark. You're not looking to go into the Illuminati witchcraft and cast 
spells on people. Am I oh, correct? No, oh, not at all. If anything, I'm gonna pray for somebody. God bless. But no, no. So I, I like. I'm a fan of comedy, and dark comedy is just is it, so funny to me. Like just the sense of humor of just like even if somebody slip on slip on a banana and fall and like break their back, like oh my god. It's just it's just this the because it's so I guess dark and it's so like ugh and it's awkward. And then if you add some funniness to the awkwardness, it's just a perfect combination in my eyes. So I love dark comedy, uh, rom-coms, dark comedy, comedy in general, and uh, dramedies as well. So anything, you know, with laughter, I love. Uh, I've, I've My actual first movie that I did was a movie called Still Got Joy. And it was, I played the role of an abusive husband. Uh, slash boyfriend that was in jail. So it was it was very drama and it was very just heavy. And I really, I liked it. I enjoyed it, but I would prefer, you know, light and laughter versus just being on set, being, you know, in that mode of being angry and arguing with somebody and just, oh, all the time. So it was, it's very draining. But when I'm on set and it's a comedy, I'm laughing, I'm full with light, I'm energy. So I love, so I prefer comedy versus acting in a drama. I would do it. You know, if anybody write the check, I'd do it. I'm, I'm multi-talented. I'm, a, I'm an army switch knife. But I would prefer, or what I pursue actually is creating comedy, lighthearted films. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now talk about the toll, because sometimes it can take a toll on your mental health. What should an actor do where a dark character is taking a toll on their mental health? What advice would you give to them? Uh, good question. My advice would be always have an outlet, always be able to breathe, because it's crazy. It's something as simple as breathing for about 20 seconds can really just relieve a lot of stress. Just not even in your day to day, even if you're not an actor, if you're having road rage, just take a moment, breathe in, out 15, 20 seconds. And then you'll be like, OK, now I'm come back to the blood is flowing. I'm coming back to my senses. So when it comes to acting, it is an art. So you have to know that this is a job it's just like any other job like you got to know when to cut it on and cut it off and to get into and when you're trying to cut it off i would say you most definitely got to breathe and know what your life was like prior to stepping into this role so i know at home i got a loving mom a loving pet a loving dog a loving wife so i need to get back into that mindset let me breathe let me remember what i have at home and then once I get back on work, when I'm back on set, when the camera is rolling, then I'm back at work and I can have fun and play that character. But at the end of the day, it's all about having fun. And we always got to remember that we are creating art. We're not we're not no Army Marines SEALs. We're creating. So we need to always remember the fun that we're having and creating our art. Mm -hmm. But even if we are playing, let's say I am playing an Army SEAL or a Navy veteran, and it does get to me because, you know, they deal with a lot of depression, suicide. Mm -hmm. But let's say that role does get to me. I know breathe again, but what if I just can't come out of that place? Well, honestly, uh, even uh, I, okay. Back to Will Smith. I read his book, and his book. It, it was he was saying his. I think his first girl, his first serious relationship. It was hard for him to get out of one of the roles he played, and that ended it. So it actually is a, a thing. So I would. My only suggestion would be. You have to know who you are as an individual. I know the loving person, joyful person I am. 
So I'll always have to remember, just like I'm going to always remember my mom's going to always have my back no matter what, even if she makes me mad for not answering my phone calls. So, Regina, if you're listening, if I call you, answer. But <laughs> so but I know she always has my I might in that moment, I might be mad that my mom didn't answer my phone calls or in that moment, I might be acting and it might be stressful that I'm playing a Navy SEAL and I have so much uh, depression on me in that moment. But we always have to remember what's our foundation. Who are you as a person? You are not that person. This is just a character. This is a costume that you have on. Yes, this costume may have, you know, put some weight on your mental and you're kind of feeling it. And it's hard to climb out of this costume, but I would say a, a thing to help you get out of that costume of depression or whatever character you're playing is to know who you are. And once you have that foundation, you can build on it. And, and, and there's no cracks in that foundation. Nothing's going to break you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, what type of roles wouldn't you play? You know, like, wouldn't you play? Is there stuff that you've rejected as an actor saying, no, I will not kiss another man. I will not go nude. Yes. So one, um, I've rejected, I would say dramas. That's like, uh, like if it's comedy, I don't have no problem. If it's in the sake of comedy, kissing another guy, like if it's like, if it's going to be funny. And if it's a bit, a funny bit, I got you. But if it's something that's passionate, like I really love this man and I'm going to tongue kiss him and yada 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 that's not for me i will i will pass also i don't i will i, I pass on roles where i have to rape women i don't i i just don't feel comfortable playing it at all and given you know the history that i know about you know people in my family that you know women that were raped and i just my heart goes out to them and it's just a serious thing so i, I would say those are a few of the roles that i have passed up on mm -hmm. now but if you do reject that role where you do have to kiss another man passionately, couldn't they turn around and say, well, then we're not going to give you much roles then? Yeah, they could. But it's also the industry is is if you if you are good at like, for example, if, if they'll say, OK, we're not going to give you that many roles of, you know, in drama. But if I continue to create great comedy, at the end of the day, your art speaks for itself. So if it's undeniable, of course. So at the end of the day, it's the audience. So that's another thing that I learned from Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, uh, he was, you know, considered, you know, this, his story, he was considered blackballed in Hollywood. So they can tell him, we don't want to work with you. We don't want to offer you any roles. But he had the audience. And if the audience, if if they are the number one uh they are the number one thing that you need to, <laughs> to to be undeniable. So even if Hollywood didn't want to work with Tyler Perry, didn't you want to give him many roles? If but Tyler Perry, he has the audience because his work was so good that he kept that audience with him. So even if if I put myself in that situation, if they say, we don't want to give you these roles, you know, because you denied this and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to go back to the roles that I like to do and I like to create and I I'm blessed that I can create my own. So I really don't need to depend on nobody telling me, no, we don't want to work with you. I know how to act. I can direct. I can produce. I can actually edit. So I know how to edit. And I have my own network of, of ecosystem of people in the industry. So I'm really not afraid if somebody tells me no, because I know at the end of the day, I know myself, like I said before. And at the end of the day, I also know that I can create my own. 
Mm-hmm. Is canceling actors real? Yeah, it is. But also, it, it's not as real as, you know, as it looks on social media that, oh, well, this person is getting canceled. Yeah, yeah. Like, every everybody turns around, every time you turn around, somebody's getting canceled. I would say it's real in the sense of, how can I put this? I would say it's real in the sense of, you know, once you cross the line with, with certain things, it's just like, yeah, you, you're not going to make everybody happy, period, point blank, period. You're going to have, you know, people... You're going to have a, a I'm, I'm okay, let me take it back. You're going to, you're not going to be able to make everybody happy. And what it looks like is everybody's mad at you on social media, the tweets and all this stuff. It looks like, oh my God, you got a thousand people who tweeted bad things that they disagree with you. However, you got a thousand people that's disagreeing with you. You probably got 3000 people that don't even care. And then you got another thousand people that's agreeing with you. So that's why I'm saying it, it looks like it's, Everybody's getting canceled, but sometimes, yeah, hell, sometimes it's even robots on Twitter that's just going, going in. So I would say just so back to what I was saying, you're not gonna be able to please everybody. So do what honestly makes you feel good as a good person, because everybody has a, a sense of morals and a spirit. So if you say something, then yes, apologize. If you say something you really feel bad about it, then genuinely apologize. I, what was a pet peeve of mine is when these some celebrities say something and then next thing you know, their PR is writing up something. Well, I apologize for doing this and I, I didn't mean to really hurt nobody. Like, why are you apologizing? You, like, so do you know what you really did was wrong? So my whole thing is, okay, if you really want to say something and you believe in it, then stand on it and everybody's not going to like you. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is, hey, if I say something or I do something, but if I really mean that, then I'm going to stand on it until I discover, until I do the research myself and discover what I did was wrong. Then I'll be like, okay, let me genuinely apologize. Let me genuinely try to make this right in the form of acts of service or in the form of financial, you know, <laughs> distribution, whatever. But it just amazes me how when somebody says something wrong, within 24 hours, they're apologizing. Like within 24 hours, you didn't even do no research. You don't even know why why, why you're you're apologizing. So that's, that's because their publicist told them yeah. apologize. Or if you don't, <laughs> then they're worried they may get canceled. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's all about, I feel like people going to start canceling people for not being genuine. Because at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, the public might say this and yeah, you say it just to say it. But it's just like, how, how I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that I said something and then just apologize and just. So it's just like I'll say something and then I apologize for it. And so it's just like I'm lying. I won't be able to sleep at night knowing that that I said something I can't stand on it. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for something I don't understand what I apologize for. Right, right, right. But some listeners might say the best doctors are liars, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The best best lawyers are liars. The best actors are liars. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. So future projects. What future projects do you want to direct? Do you want to direct maybe a story about your life? Uh, Yes, I would love to direct a story about my life, but not even my life. I would like to start with my grandmother's life because my grandmother and her brother came from Jackson, Mississippi. A bunch of country, country kids came up from Jackson, Mississippi to Gary, Indiana, and just started a whole... My, like, for example, my grandmother has five kids, and out of those five kids, uh, she became, what, 23 grandkids? And out of 23 grandkids, they made her, like, 33 great-grandkids. So it's just, like, our family tree is most definitely uh, a, a story to be told. Um, but future projects, I feel like th- that, w- that would be my big bang. That would be my bucket list project. Uh, future projects, I would love to. What I'm actually working on right now is a uh, a sketch show. So think Dave Chappelle meets The Breakfast Club. 
So like a podcast sketch show. That's what I'm working on right now. And I would love like some of my favorite actors are, uh, like I said, Jamie Foxx. Uh, the other guy I can't mention, uh, <laughs> Emma Stone, uh, Angela Bassett. I would love to work with Angela Bassett on because she she did a sketch, she did a quick sketch on this show called Black Lady Sketch Show, and I loved her in it. So I would love to work with Angela Bassett, Emma Stone, Denzel. I would love to see Denzel in some something funny. Denzel Washington, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. So actors who really don't do a lot of funny, I would love to work with them on something funny. Uh, of course, you know Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy. That's that's my favorite one. He's I feel like one of my top five comedians. Even as a kid, when I wasn't supposed to be listening and watching Eddie Murphy, I was listening and watching Eddie Murphy and going to going to school the next day in elementary, reciting all of his dirty jokes. It was it was crazy. <laughs> and what's your encouragement to Canadian actors that maybe they're tired of being typecast to the same funny, 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 funny guy, or maybe they're tired of being the bad guy, the villain, the security mm -hmm. guard. What do you want? to tell those Canadian actors looking to further their career, but they're tired of being typecast, Brandon. Yes. So, so yes. So type, everybody deals with typecast. So specifically for the Canadians, I would say most definitely work, work, work on your craft and be so good that they have to cast you in those roles that you are not usually uh, cast in. So I would say continue to work on your craft and also create your own whatever you want to do learn how to do it like we are in the we are in the age of information you want to know how to light a set google it take a quick little one day class how to light you want to know how to make sure it sound good you can google it you can youtube youtube university you can do everything yourself i'm a diy pioneer so i would my main thing would be most definitely Work on your craft, work if you are being typecast for just funny, 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 and you want to do a drama or you want to be the leading lady in something, research all the leading ladies that won Oscars in the last five years and study those roles that they played and why did they win those Oscars and, and, and do your best to replicate that. And then also, once you learn that side of the bubble, the other side of the bubble is know how to create your own. So you can create your own film and you can cast yourself as your leading lady or the leading man, or the leading person, whatever you identify as. So that would be my advice. Always most definitely invest in yourself because in this acting industry, you are your own business. You have to study for, uh, take classes, pay for classes, pay for headshots, pay for traveling expenses, pay for camera equipment. So you are your own business. So please treat it as such. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's your message to the fans that have followed your career? They love you. They support you just like your family has through the acting. Uh, message to them is I love y'all. Most definitely I lean on y'all support and you guys honestly keep me going always like because a quick story once i did my my first film uh my grandmother she loved it and after that i honestly felt a sense of ease like i don't even have to pursue acting anymore because you know my, I, I feel like i made my grandma happy but when i went to my uh undergraduate homecoming shout out to tennessee state university uh there the homecoming is like it's like a family reunion you know hbcu everybody comes back see everybody again and they really empower and put that battery back in me to continue to go hard and be the best actor ever because everybody showed me so much love and support and was saying that oh man i see you doing your thing keep on man i see you i see you so everybody's watching even though sometimes it don't feel like it everybody's watching and everybody's supporting from afar even if sometimes it doesn't feel like it so i just want to say everybody to support me from day one to the next person i meet 
at Starbucks and they find out what I do and they like it and they continue to like, comment, share, support. Uh, I just really appreciate y'all. And I'm really doing this for them. It's not even about me anymore because I feel like I've I've reached what I wanted to gain out of it. I know the industry. I didn't have a road or resource to get here. And I figured out this industry. And now I'm in this industry. Uh, I made my grandma happy. So right now I'm literally doing it for y'all. I'm literally doing it for everybody that's love and support me. Mm -hmm. And what's your quick message to the actors that are still on strike? The writers strike as end, but the actors, there looks mm. like there's no, you know, end to the strike. Yeah, that's that's tough because we are li literally living in it. So it's hard to <laughs> give advice because I'm actually affected by it as well. So uh, just got to keep your head up use this time it's just it's just like the the pandemic all over again you know god forbid but i'm just saying for the actors like because we're out of work nobody's doing anything so use this time to work on yourself hey uh go to the gym get that get that eight pack body six pack body that you want write those short scripts and turn those into feature films so go back and use this time wisely be very productive during this time where we are not working because at the end of the day, I have to keep telling myself, this is not going to last forever. It can, uh, it's, it's looking like it's going to last forever, but it's not. So once that curtain has been revealed and that agreement has been made and both parties can, you know, mutually work again, they're going to want scripts. They're going to want actors. They're going to want production pilots and stuff like that. So be prepared for once this is all over because the floodgates are going to open and they're going to want, want, want. So just use this time right now to be as productive as you can. All right. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, thank God I'm famous. That's my Instagram at Thank God I'm famous. Uh, Facebook, I don't know who uses that anymore, but it's Brandley Ward. What else? I uh, got my MySpace. Uh, <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Brandley Ward. Uh, you can also go to my website. Uh, www.brandonleeW.com. I haven't updated that website in a minute, so maybe uh need some time to update that. But uh yeah, man, you know, follow me and uh just you know stay with me, you know, pray for me. I'll pray for you, and we're gonna keep rocking and rolling. Moving All right. And All right. Any final things you'd like to say before we close? Um, a, a quote that I live by. I'll leave you guys with this: If you don't go through the process to get it you won't have the power to keep it. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed getting to know you. All right, Donovan, appreciate you so much. All right, for Matt Radio 1280 AM, I am Donovan LaCroxy. I would love to thank actor and producer. Pew, 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 Brandon Lee Ward. Thank you so much, and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode.